morning and stand with and join me in the call to worship. God calls us this day to a life of joy. With With God, joy bursts forth from moments of quiet pleasure. This is the day which our God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The hymn is 345. 345. Good morning and welcome to worship at Southside Baptist Church. This morning on this wonderful Lord's Day, started out gray and rainy, but we may have more of that to come. But still, we're here and able to worship the one true and living God together and to uh, lift our voices as we unite our spirits in offering praise and adoration to God. We do want to welcome all those who are guests today, and there are some who have returned home from a trip to Scotland, and we're glad that y'all are back and 
know that you've had a wonderful time, but then there are also those who are members who have been away for a while and uh, are back here with us that uh, more than just a Scotland trip. So we'll uh, take a moment and welcome those in, in just a second. But we want to say this to you too, that Southside Baptist Church is here in the heart of Five Point South. We are building an inclusive community of grace first in this community and then beyond. And we do so by welcoming all who come into this place as our brother or sister, as we all seek to walk in fellowship with Christ. We trust that today as you come, you've been warmly received, and we want to extend that even now uh, to ask you to pass the peace of Christ. So if you would do that, pass the peace of Christ to those close, and when you get back to your seat, take a moment and write your name in the blue book at the end of each uh, pew, and we'll have a record of your attendance with us. So please pass the peace of Christ now. Again, to encourage you to uh, uh, let us know your presence with the uh, little blue booklets. Uh, let me add my welcome back to our, uh, our Scotland uh, sojourners. I, I, it was sort of by accident, but uh, maybe we've made a, a, your return a soft landing. Uh, the anthem is a, a Scottish folk tune, uh, so perhaps it will make, uh, make your being back a little little uh, 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 nice remembrance of the old country. Also, I wanted to take this uh, opportunity to once again welcome uh, Melinda Dressler, who is our guest organist today uh, in the absence of Sarah Hazlett. Uh, Melinda is the organist at Brookwood Baptist Church, has been there for many years. I was, as I said before, was blessed to work with her um, for two years as I was interim uh, director of music there, but also uh, a little while back when we were students at Sanford. So uh, uh, great to have Melinda with us this, this uh, morning. Uh, as we work today's uh, theme uh, having to do with the, the garden, um, tending one's garden, as the homily says, let's enter into this time of, of uh, worship with a prayer towards that end. May we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the rain, we thank you for the sun, we thank you for all of life that grows around us and within us. We thank you for giving us opportunities to see other parts of your beautiful world, but may we not miss the beauty that is right here at our doorstep, and also the need, the need to work in our garden here in Southside, in Five Points, in Birmingham, in our part of your beautiful world. May we enter this hour of worship knowing that we will find in you all of that 
strength, all of that fertilizer that we need to grow our garden as we grow ourselves. And may we do this in all of these things for your great glory and not our own. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. May we stand as we sing our hymn together. Your word is my lamp to my feet and a, and a light for my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much, preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statues are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Here ends our first reading.
Our second reading today is from the Gospel according to Matthew. And if you're able to stand, would you please stand as it's read in honor of this passage. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. When the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word at once, receives it, and he receives it with joy. But since he has no root, it lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is a man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Jack, I almost stepped on you, so sorry. It's good to see you today. I'm glad that you're able to be here, Martine and Jack. Y'all had a good Sunday school lesson, I hear. Ms. Thompson told me that you did. Said that y'all had a great time and that you learned a lot. Well, look, you, you won't give me that. Well, you're gonna, you got yours early. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> I wanted to uh, talk to, for just a moment about, to both of you. Jack, come over here closer. Just hang on to that for just a minute, okay? I want to talk to you about some of the things we read about, but not so much about, the, um, about what the seed, we don't want to talk about the seed today, but we're going to talk about something else because I brought a toy that I knew that you would like to play with or at least see. Now, you know what this is? Oh, you really know what it is, right? You've, you've played with these before. Well, you know, they're, they're a lot like we are. Did you know that? If, in a sense that if we drop this, it'll come back, right? It should come back. 
but the point is that sometimes it will stay down at the bottom and it may take a little bit of a little, little practice. It takes practice. It also may take a little bit of a, a tug to make it come back up. So I want to see what will happen, okay? Let's see what happens when I do this. Well, it won't stay down there. <laughs> there it is. And it takes a tug to come back up. You know why? It's sort of doing its own thing down there spinning, right? And it spins, and we play with it, and we can throw it down and, and drop it and let it come back. But it's a little bit like we are, and we can sort of go our own way, and sometimes we take a little bit more freedom than we maybe should with our parents, and they might say, Martine, come back. Come back over this way. Or Jack, I may have to reach over to Jack, actually, not parents, but Jack and say, come back over here. And it's sort of that little tug that we get back in place. And things in life can also help us do that. In school, when your teacher says, Jack, are you listening? Did she ever say that to you? I thought so. She said it to me, too. My teacher said it to me. Okay. Well, maybe you can take this one, you and Jack can have it, but remember this about it. What it teaches us is this, that, you know, we can have fun and we can go about our way doing our, what we want to do, but sometimes we get, sort of get stuck, and we have to have some help to get back in, on track or back in the place we need to be, and sometimes our prayers to God will help us do that. We pray and we know, we learn from that, and we can be back close to God or maybe closer to what our parents want us to be. So remember that as, as we ask God to continue to guide us and to help us stay in his doing what he desires us to do and to love our parents and show them every day, okay? Loving Lord, we thank you for these boys, and we ask that you would continue to watch over and care for them. May we all remember that you are closely connected to us, that you hold us, you will not let us go, and that you give us opportunities do our own things, to walk our own way, to choose what we want, but you also help us get back to that place that you desire us to be. Wish you forgive us and we love us. Ask all these things in the Son's name. Let's bow together as we reflect upon God's goodness, upon his mercy, and all the provisions that we have received. Lord, in these moments today, we humbly gather in your presence. We come with adoration, singing songs of praise and, and thanksgiving, uniting our voices and spirits to proclaim that you are the one true and living God, the one that we follow, the one that we seek day by day. We pray, O oh Lord, that as we come, that your 
most holy and loving and penetrating light would shine into our eyes, that you would enable us to see all of who we are, that we would see the depths of our being to the darkest recesses of our hearts, that as you illuminate it, we might see what might stand between us and you and those around us. Forgive us, Lord, for those sins, for the times that we have failed, we have come short, we have missed the mark, or we have gone our own way. With repentant hearts, we come offering these confessions to you. We pray, Lord, that you would respond to the concerns on our hearts as we gather here, for they are many. We pray for those of our church family, members, family, and friends of those that we love and care for and are connected to through our friendships and fellowship here. We pray for those who are primary caregivers now and are caring for those that they love and desire to see comfortable and their needs met. For those who are caring for aging parents, for those caring for siblings, for those caring for spouses, for those caring for children. Lord, may your love flow through them. May you give them an extra portion of your grace and strength that they might be able to respond to the needs of this loved one as you desire they respond, but also as they in their heart seek to provide the care for this person. We pray, Lord, for those that desperately need to know your love and your forgiveness, to experience the grace that comes by receiving that grace gift, to know that in that is forgiveness and wholeness that comes both to our spiritual being, but also a freedom that allows us to be able to turn those things over to you and to walk closely with you to not be so encumbered by all the worries of the world. We pray, Lord, that where we see injustice, where we see wrong, where we see hatred, where we see prejudice, that we might be able to respond, that we would do so as you direct us. Help us know how to say the things that we need to say. Help us to approach all of those situations with prayer. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would create within us a clean heart, that you would renew our spirit, that you would make us strong, that you would make us bold, that we would be able to respond to the needs here among us and also in our community as you lead us daily. We commit all of this to you, Lord, and we seek to follow you closely. And we ask that you would hear our prayer as we pray together, as Jesus taught his followers to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Again, welcome to everyone that has made it here this morning and joined together in worship. The, um, it's especially good to be able to welcome those back from Scotland. I know that you had a great trip. We saw some of the uh, video and slides or the p photos that you posted, and it was uh, like a wonderful trip. But uh, we did miss you, and we did count you as part of our uh, international campus in Scotland when you were there. So we just wanted you to know that we remembered you in worship as we worshiped here. This week, I had a chance to talk to someone that's an avid gardener, and in fact, you might know him very well because he's your Sunday school teacher, but we talked about his garden, and, and every Sunday morning, I'll go by and talk with him a little bit about what's going on and what all has happened in it, how much progress he's made, if it's going to work this year, because last year, we had a really tough year. Most of you know, if you're a gardener, there just wasn't anything there. The, uh, the weather was such that, with a drought, that things just sort of withered and died. Jim told me this week, he said, well, things look good. We've had some rain, we've got some and we're going to soon have some tomatoes, and I just can't wait. I just can't wait to lean over the sink in the kitchen and slice me a big slice of tomato and get some bread and some mayonnaise and make me a tomato sandwich. So there is, there is a reward at the end of that, and he believes he may have a crop that is 160, maybe 30-fold of what he had last year, which was nothing. You know, I read all of that and, and thought about what this text is because this is one that we have uh, read and taught and preached on for numerous times, more times than most of us can count. And you wonder, is there anything new anything under the sun, and I don't think that there, you've probably heard everything that could be said about it, but I think our own approach to it is where we really need to look, what we need to think about. When we talk about gardening, the idea of gardening seems to be that people find such great interest in it because they're connected to the earth, but also there's a sense of actually being a part of seeing life being free, planting seeds. And though you don't make the seeds, you plant them and they germinate, they sprout, they have a shoot that comes up and you begin to see them grow and maybe they produce fruit that you're able to eat. Someone obviously had a really green thumb when they planted these flowers and made, the, made what we have here today because they are glorious. And we are a part of God's creation and part of God's uh, process of bringing about that which is His plan, but also what we're able to see and witness and be a part of. We have our hands on it. We can touch it. And it's not just about the, the spiritual part within us. It's about all that we are, our body, our, our being, and all of creation too. The... We like to do that, we like to participate, and most of us have had gardens, you've planted things. Unfortunately, the Kelly household, we've not done well this year because of, um, for some reason, um, not from lack of trying, but yet it has not produced any tomatoes, and it can be disheartening when that doesn't happen. And sometimes we also experience that time when we said is, we get sort of tired of it. And there was a little boy helping his grandfather, and they were digging potatoes. And if you've ever done that, you know it is really getting in there and getting your hands in the dirt. Tom, you probably did it back in 
in Mississippi. But we dig, we get down and we would dig those out, and the little boy was looking at his grandfather, and he was, saw how long a row was left to, to dig, and he became impatient and tired. And he asked his granddad, why did you bury so many of these? <laughs> well, we come sometimes at parables wondering, why don't we read this again? Why are there so many of them? Why does Jesus think that his followers were so dense that they didn't get it? Because we struggle to get it. We do. We struggle to get what all he is teaching. This particular parable today is about the kingdom of God, and it's one that is an introductory parable to several others about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God can also be an elusive concept. It's an idea of what is that? What does it mean to me? What is the kingdom of God all about? And I think the easiest way to describe it that I understand is that it really is the activity of God in our life to the point that the Spirit guides us, helps us to know how to respond, that we understand, that we're able to move and act, and we create a situation in our own lives, in our own circles of influence, that are life-giving to those around us because we have been transformed, are being transformed. You know, we think about how some may describe the kingdom of God, that it's some place way off, it's in the, you know, the sweet by and by. But I think it's more than that. I think it is when the Spirit transforms us. And it's sort of organic in a way, and there's that natural growing and stretching and becoming more and more. And the love and the mercy and the forgiveness, the grace of God takes root. And we are able to see and understand that, and we are also able to live accordingly. You know, maybe it is because I still hold fast to believing that, that the Word of God is alive, that it's active, that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and the spirit, the joints and the merit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of those who read. So it tells me then that the Spirit, that the Word of God is not something I read as a self-help book, but it's an experience. We experience it. We hear it. We hear it, and when we hear it, it takes root in us. It begins to mold us and change us in some way. You know, the sense of experiencing it is based on our ability to listen and hear. And listening is not something that some of us do very well. My family say that I have selective hearing or maybe lack of hearing at all, I'm not sure, but selective hearing. And it is, and I, I should say that I come by it honestly, it's inherited from my dad, is the same way. Can focus or be so trained in on some particular book or article or even a, a TV show or some activity outside that we don't hear anything. We're just trained on it, and it's, it's, that's all there is going on. And if you talk to me when I am in that state, it's sort of like the, uh, I hear it, the noise, <laughs> but I don't hear the words, and I certainly don't process it. It's sort of like the uh, Charlie Brown's teacher. If you remember those movies, the wah-wah that would come by from Charlie Brown's teacher. We know someone's talking to us, and we know it's probably important, 
But we can't drag ourselves away from what we're hearing or what we're engaged in to listen. The hearing and the listening that we see talked about here when Jesus says, let everyone with ears listen. Let everyone with ears listen. If you're a parent, do you ever remember telling your child, would you please look at me when I'm talking to you? I want to tell you this, and, and I know that your mind is already over there and going ever, everywhere else. Listen to me. Just look right here, and we will we'll talk. There's a sense of, of being reminded that we are or reminding our children that we need to connect, there needs to be a, a concentrated effort to listen with a, a desire to understand. When I mentioned this about my family, when I was doing basically not listening on various occasions, Anna dis discovered that one way to get my attention was to say, hey, Mr. Kelly, I need your attention, and not say dad because that was not one that would garner her, her the, the attention that she needed. The idea that we hear things and we get in a routine of listening in ways that may not be the most helpful to us, the healthiest for us, certainly as we journey through life, as we understand scripture. This parable is about seed and about soil. It's about one who sows the seed, as you see on the front of the bulletin there, someone who is broadcasting seed and he goes across and he tosses the seed out, scatters it. And as we read, some fell on the pathway, some fell on rocky soil, some fell and took root and where weeds and thorns were, and some fell in good soil and produced a good crop of 30, 60, 100 fold. You know, most of us understand what this parable means. We understand it. We understand the explanation that Jesus gave. It is the making it from understanding what the words say and being able to apply them in our life. Understanding that we can be resistant to the experience of the word being read and heard or of the Spirit's activity on our life. We can ignore it. We can be callous to it. We can also we understand the idea of the rocky soil where there are barriers, there are problems, there are things there that hinder understanding. But I think the third one is where most of us struggle. I think we struggle because we are so involved in all that's going on that we are unable to see and embrace that which is truly about God's kingdom. And in so doing, we miss what God wants us to hear. I said earlier that the Word of God is not just a, an instruction book or a how-to book or a self-help book, but it is something that is it's alive. And it's throughout the ages. We experience it. We, we read the Word, but the Word becomes alive when it transforms us, when it makes sense to us as the Spirit acts upon it and moves us into some kind of activity. There's a, was a popular writer a few years ago, well, he's still actively writing, but 
name was Charles Swindoll, and before everything became quite so hectic in his life, with all of his engagements, he, he began to see his schedule ramp up and become really cluttered. And it took its toll on his family in the sense that he became short with them. He was, uh, didn't have time to do this or that. You know, the things that they were wanting to do, he, he just didn't have time. And not only that, but the others picked up on that. When there's anxiety or there's tension, it's picked up on and it sort of manifests itself in a lot of other ways, too. After supper one evening, his young daughter, Colleen, wanted to tell him something about what had happened at her school that day. And she began hurriedly, Daddy, I want to tell you something. I'll tell you real fast. Suddenly, he realized her frustration. And he answered, Honey, you can tell me, and you don't have to tell me really fast. Say it slowly. And he said he never had forgotten this response. Then, will you listen slowly? Our approach to God often is, tell me now, let me get on with life. I don't have time to wait. And sometimes the real need we have is to slow down and listen. To listen. What was it that caused the problems, the thorns that the seed was sown in? Jesus interpreted by saying, it's the cares of life and the deceit of riches. The cares of life that crowd out those things that we know we would benefit from, but we just don't have time. And this seems to be more important. Someone's counting on me to do this. And the riches of life that if we just embrace that, if we can just get to that next place, if we just climb that next rung in the ladder, then we'll be able to settle down and listen. We miss, we miss it. We miss what God is saying to us. We miss what he is saying to us individually and collectively as a congregation. You know, I think he says to us in the cares of the world, as you all know, we, we're always concerned about all those cares of the world, whether it be our health or our financial status, whatever it is, our situation. We're always concerned about those, whether it be personal or whether it be corporately as a church body. Do we listen? Or do we immediately jump to our own conclusion about, well, I see what I need to do. Let's do that. Or do we listen? Do we listen for the word as it's read? Do we hear it and let it penetrate our heart and take root deep within our hearts so that it's able to produce fruit? Let everyone who has ears listen. I don't usually end our service here this way, but I wanted to today because this is similar to what we do on Thursdays with our contemplative service. And I want you to do this, if you would, as I read this text once again. To listen. Listen intently. Seek to understand what it is that the Spirit of God might be saying to you. Through this text, a familiar text that you could probably almost quote, what is it 
that the true and living God is saying to you through this text today. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered with him that he got into a boat and sat in a while, a while. And the people came and they stood on the shore. And he told them many things in the parable, saying, A farmer went out to sow seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places we did not have much soil it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow but when the sun came up the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hand a hundred sixty or thirty times what was sown he who has ears to hear let him hear he who has ears to hear let him hear Listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed and fell, that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life. And the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Who were you in the parable? How did you relate to the parable? Where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as the hard soil, the rocky soil, the one who has let thorns and weeds choke out that which could be good, not just for you, but for those around you? Or maybe the one who has allowed the spirit to cultivate and condition the soil in which you experience the word of God and it's taking root and it's putting down deep roots. Whoever has ears to hear, listen. Would you pray with me? Well, Lord, we come before you with grateful hearts we thank you for your word and for what it means to us. For your spirit that brings it alive in our lives daily. Help us, Lord, to look to you. Who, as a psalmist said that we would hide it in our heart, that we would hold on to those truths that you have given to us. They would face all of life with a sense of purpose, not our purpose, but yours. Help us, Lord, as we seek to follow you, and may we always, may we always listen with sensitive ears 
and heart. And may we follow you with courage and obedience. In your name I pray, amen. We come to a time of responding to that which we have heard in worship, what we have talked about, what we have, what you've heard read from scripture and sung and also preached, but we come to offer our lives as we sing and have a promise. It's a time for us to respond. And in reality, we all respond in some way before we go out. We respond either by saying we're going to go into this week just like last week and got my worship service checked off for this week, or we're going to say, I'm going to read the word. I'm going to listen. I'm going to do the things that, that I know are drawing me closer to God. If you'd like to make a decision, either for prayer or any other decision, I'll be here at the front as we sing. join me in prayer please God of our salvation we find comfort in your presence as we worship you 
please inspire us to reach out in creative ways to our neighbors, to draw them into a closer relationship with you. Receive our gifts and offerings for the sake of Christ our Savior. Amen. Loving Lord, we bring these tithes and offerings into your house. We dedicate them to you, and we ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless them, that you would multiply them, that they would be used to let others know of your love, mercy, and grace. Amen. Would you be seated for just a moment, please? A few announcements we need to make before we depart, and wanted to um, make these for you. There are actually about five of them. We've got one is the uh, Family Promise concert that's tonight at, is it tonight at 6.30? At Trinity United Methodist Church. And it's a, uh, it's a concert of sacred music. 
and it will be, um, there's posters up in, in the back. We didn't get it in here, but it is tonight. It is a fundraiser for Family Promise, which is a part of our ministry efforts here. In fact, we'll be hosting beginning two weeks, one week from tonight, uh, the families that are part of that. Then also, uh, this week we have the churchwide picnic that will be at Stuart and Lou Collier's house on Weiss Lake, and those who are able to make it, we're going to leave here at 3 o'clock. Uh, it's about an hour and a half. If you need to come later than that and want to get directions, do that and, and join us there. They're excited about being able to have everyone there for, for this event. And then uh, on Thursday, we, have our, we begin our contemporary service uh, again. We've been sort of on break for a few weeks. We start that again this Thursday at, at 530. And then as before we go out, I want to make two other uh, comments. One is about the flowers. You see those here. I've made reference to them. But today would have been Florian Campbell's 94th birthday. And her sister, Frida, had given these flowers in her uh, memory and to the glory of God. And so the, um, you can see a lot of Florian in that. As you look at those flowers, if it had a hat on it, it would certainly be exactly like her. Um, but we're, we're grateful for the connections and the continued uh, relationship we enjoy with, with extended families. And then um, we thank you for being here. Ms. Russell, we thank you for being here <laughs> and uh, sharing with us these two weeks. And we'll uh, know that you'll be going back to your regular place of worship next week. And then next Sunday, you have a guest preacher. It will be... Uh, Kenny Gannon's father, Truett Gannon, who is uh, retired from Smoke, actually from Atlanta area. He pastored at Smoke Rise and then also worked at McAfee, uh, the, the uh, Divinity School there. And uh, you'll be um, pleased to be able to hear him, I know. And we'll be much in prayer and it's a delight for him to be able to be here too, Kenny. So we're looking forward to that. As we go out, we go in the full knowledge that Christ goes before us. And so may we bow and receive the benediction that the love of God the Father, the grace of Christ our Savior, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.